Welcome to the Nourished Woman podcast, hosted by yours truly, Gabby Warsrink, holistic nutritionist and passionate women's health educator. Together on this podcast, we are going to open up the conversation around hormones, holistic healing, relationships, self-development, and everything in between, so you can feel empowered, educated, and ready to take your health and life into your own hands. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a little while since I last posted. I think it was like mid-March when my last episode went live. And I think I kind of go through these like, um, what do you, what would you call that? Like phase or like a flow where it's like I'll record like maybe 10 to 14 episodes going good for a while. And then I take a little break and then I come back. So I think that honestly, like I prefer to do that rather than force doing a podcast constantly because you're not always going to be on and there's seasons of life that you're going to go through and seasons of the year even where we are more outgoing, more energetic, have more ideas, more creativity. And then there's times of the year like the winter where we're just more in hibernation mode, re- resting, relaxing, and turning inward. So anyways, long story short, I'm happy to be back and I have lots of topics, lots of things I want to talk about. I'm hoping I can bring some guests on this time. Um, it just like when I recorded the last, I think it was might have been seven episodes that I did after my dad died. I just wasn't up to talk to people. I got in the odd mood where I could come on here and record um, solo podcast episodes, which was great, but uh, talking to people, organizing that, and then making sure that I was mentally okay to record the day that I scheduled with people, it was just too stressful for me. And even now I'm still a little bit anxious about that because I do have good days and bad days, but I know that every person I'm going to have on the podcast is very understanding. So if I need to adjust or make things change, I'm sure they'll be understanding of that. So yeah, I'm hoping to have a a podcast guest on this little, I guess, I don't want to call it season, but this kind of little chunk that we're doing. And I'm also hoping to have episodes going every single Monday going forward from the end of summer into fall. So hopefully by October, November, we'll wrap it up, take a break for the holidays, and then we'll start again in the new year. So I put a little Q&A slash topic request in my Instagram stories today and I got a few things about life updates, of course, and uh, gardening, harvesting your own food, all those kind of questions. I also got questions about chickens. Speaking of chickens, I can see them out my front window right now in my front yard. They've been a little bit wild. If you've been following me on Instagram, you know I've been kind of sharing my chicken stories, my chicken saga. So I can't remember the the last thing I talked to you guys was March. Yeah, it was March. So we probably hadn't even started building our coop at that point. We had, like, I had started building it with my dad um, in, like, September August of last year. Uh, so we, me and him had moved. There was, like, a ton of tree stumps. So that was something we did together was we moved all the tree stumps and kind of got the area ready for where I wanted to have the coop. Um, And uh, then we started to lay the stones down to have a flat like surface. So that I did with my dad, which, you know, I'm really grateful for to have that memory and that, you know, he was a part of the chicken coop because I still I get sad that like he's not here to see it. But I do know he's he's with me and he's seeing what we're doing. But um, he was a part of it. And I I was going to make a real like a a cute reel like montage with all the footage from like my dad and me working on it together and my uncle and Arthur and my my mom and stuff but um 
I'm just too emotional for me to do it right now, but it's really like, I, I think it's a really great memory and something that I really cherish. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, so we started doing that last year and then my dad passed away suddenly. So it got put on hold and it was winter of course. And it was a really tough winter, um, for me for sure. And my mom and my family. So that was really tough. I know I recorded a podcast episode. I think it was kind of like a good outlet for me to like speak and to like talk. And I'm really grateful for that. So anyways, that, uh, the chickens have kind of been consuming my life. I got them, I think it was like the second week of May. So I was trying to find chickens like locally. I was asking around family and friends and my uncle's like, oh, my buddy from work has a ton of chickens. I think he has like 100 or 200. So I was like, okay, sounds good. So I met my uncle at his house. We wrangled the chickens. I didn't do any wrangling. The wife of the guy was really good at that. So she got them all into a crate. They let us borrow this chicken crate. And my uncle drove them to my house. We followed each other and we put them in the coop. And we got eight. Yeah, because we had one die within the first week, which is really dramatic and traumatic for me. Um, but that's part of having animals. I've learned to accept that like life and death is just part of our, our lives, right? Like that's just part of the cycle and we're going to experience it and we're going to see it. So I think it's something that my perspective has definitely changed. Um, I have a different outlook on death than a lot of people do. I could maybe do a podcast episode on this sometime, but obviously I'm still like, it's sad. It's really sad. I miss my dad every day and I, Obviously, the ch- having the chicken pass away was really sad, but my perspective on death has definitely changed, um, and even more so now with having animals, I, I just accepted that this is just a part of life. So um, anyways, so we had the one chicken die. She, We don't really know what happened, but we think she was already weak before she got here, um, and the transportation just like stressed her out too much and then she just wasn't really well she wasn't eating she wasn't dust bathing she wasn't uh doing a whole lot so I had to keep her separate from the other girls I had to like hand feed her with a syringe like uh water and yeah it was just a whole thing and she went kind of in her own on her own time which was nice but yeah, that was very sad first week with the chickens. But then after that, it, it got better. And so I ended up, we went down to seven chickens. I ended up adding six more hens and a rooster last week, which was really exciting. I was really nervous about introducing them because I've heard mixed things about introducing new birds to ones you already have. And ours are kind of bullies, if I'm being honest. They're pretty nasty to each other sometimes and there's always like the one that gets bullied so I was a little bit worried bringing in new ones and also some of the new ones like were young so and they weren't the same size as our chickens which is another thing where it's like you shouldn't bring chicken like birds in that are smaller than the ones you currently have because then they pick on them so I was a little nervous about that but we met this really lovely lady and her husband who have chickens and goats and a garden and she was kind of giving me some tips and tricks and she was like honestly don't listen to half the stuff online they'll tell you to quarantine them for two weeks tell you to like bring them in at nighttime and rub them with herbs and like do all this crazy stuff she's like just put them in together and they will figure it out she's never had birds kill each other or it gets super vicious or violent so I was like I trust her because she has a lot of birds and she would even sometimes bring home like one or two birds at a time that she would find from a place and a lot of people say don't bring home only one or two like bring home uh like the equal amount that you have. So say you have six hens, bring at least six hens home or more so that there's not like a bullying and ganging up kind of thing happening. Anyways, 
more long story short from that is I brought them in a dog crate in the back of the truck, uh, put them into the coop. The girls were free ranging. And then right around bedtime when they wanted to go up and perch, the, the, new, the new ones were already perching up in the coop, which was perfect. And then we let the up new ones in and they were kind of like sketched out. A few of them were a little pissed off because they were in their perching spots. So they were kind of shoving each other off, but there really wasn't a whole lot of fighting. So I was really grateful for that. And they really kind of clicked pretty pretty quickly and I'm really happy about that so the new integration of the new chickens went really well um so that's kind of what I've been focusing on a lot lately is the chickens we're trying to figure out a free run pasture sort of situation here where they're kind of fenced in but they still have the freedom to you know go and roam and forage so that's really interesting to kind of research and figure out what's good what's bad because we are really like we don't have that many chickens but I do have hopes to get more so I'm trying to think in like the long term but also with work with what we have and the space we have um so that's kind of my biggest thing lately is the chickens and I was supposed to go on an all-inclusive this week but uh I just was like, no, I don't think I should go because it was my mom, my sister and her boyfriend and one of their friends. And I just thought it was like too much to leave right now. Like just like the new chickens, we have the huge garden. It was just too much. And the dogs, it was just too much. So I stayed back, which I'm I'm not upset about at all. Um, I'm going to hopefully go on a trip sometime this fall. Maybe I want to go out east. I think that'd be really fun because I haven't really seen any parts of Canada besides like Quebec and Ontario. So I think that'd be really fun. But anyway, so my family's on vacation right now. Arthur just got a new job working at a local beer company in sales, which is really amazing, really awesome because he's went through a really rough time with um, not being able to work with the vaccine mandates with Bell. And that was just really shitty. And it's kind of ironic and kind of funny that the week he starts this new job, he's really excited about it. It's like a new venture, a new thing for him. Uh, he gets an email or message from one of the managers saying, oh, the mandates are dropped. You can come back now. And he's like, hmm, thanks. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, that's kind of another big thing. So it's a lot of like big changes and transitions kind of going around on around here. I just closed my shop as well, where I was selling the dry brushes, the scrunchies and the sleep masks, um, just because shipping's gone insane for small businesses and it already was expensive before I was just kind of like absorbing a lot of the cost but then I realized this is just not sustainable especially because I'm not selling in mass quantities so I do charge a little bit for shipping but I absorb quite a bit like I charge five US dollars and typically the cheapest place like the cheapest to ship within Canada is $14 but it can go up over $20 so I was absorbing a lot of the costs um because it wasn't that expensive before, but it's gotten worse. And there was some cheaper alternatives for shipping than Canada Post uh, and Purolator, but the depots are not close to me, like in Ottawa or Toronto or Oshawa or something. So it's just, I'm I'm north, I'm 25 minutes north of Kingston. So it's just not feasible for me. And I'm not, again, I'm not selling enough to like make it worth it to be like a trip once a week or something to ship. Sorry, just having a sip of my... Uh, flat white that I made but anyways so yeah the, sh the shop closed is kind of like bittersweet but I'm really excited because I'm going to focus my energy on more things right now I'm also doing a breathwork course with um, MJ from the being method I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram but she shares amazing amazing content um, all about breathwork and physiology and trauma and it's just really really cool and for me personally I think I might have shared this before um my grieving process, it's been interesting and it's been um, 
obviously everyone's is different, right? But I did some therapy, didn't really get a whole lot out of it. I just found like it just wasn't helping me and which is fine. Everyone has their own thing and their own people they can lean on and and resources, things like that. But I found breath work for me worked the best and doing a lot of things like writing letters, like writing a letter to my dad or writing a letter to myself or to people I need to forgive in my life and things like that. And even if you don't send it to them, obviously, it's just like a really good releasing um, practice, releasing exercise. So I found that breathwork has been amazing for me. So I am taking MJ's course, uh, The Being Method. And uh, also before I did that, I was using her Being Portal, which is just her breathwork subscription. It's like 20 bucks a month and it's so worth it. It's amazing. And then that's why I was like full on, I need to do this because I was like realizing there was something missing in my practice and I haven't been working with one-on-one clients. I've been working like with people one-on-one and I... I think it's because like I realized nutrition was like such a small piece of the puzzle after I've worked with so many women and seen so many people's lives and myself personally as well, realizing that nutrition is important, but it's not like for me, it's important to eat, but the actual food itself isn't always important. If that makes sense. I think a lot of women are under eating and lacking a lot of nutrients, but I think there's a huge obsession with foods and sourcing and obviously it's important, but I think that food has just been too like zeroed in on. There's so many more important things like sun exposure and getting outside and being on screens too much and being in a job you hate and living a life that you hate or living in the city versus living in the country and just lifestyles and sleep and breath work and movement like and being outside like it just it's there's so many things that are like more important than nutrition. And that's what I was realizing. And I mean, I've always preached like the holistic realm and I've always talked about like going outside in the morning, get the sun on your face and things like that. But I just needed something else that would really help people and help myself. And that's what breath work has been for me. It's been so good. I've noticed that I'm not as, I react to things differently. I I don't know. I just, I, I look at things differently now and it's just kind of been really like helpful to kind of bring all of my whole journey like full circle because I've been reading self-development books and doing self-development things since I was like 15 or 16. It's been like my thing. And so this has just been like the perfect like kind of finishing piece of the puzzle that's just kind of brought it all together for me and really helped me. So I'm excited to be able to offer that soon. And I want to have that to be a really big component of our membership site because I want to bring more value in there. And I feel like I'm lacking something. And this is kind of like the hands-on sort of like, you know, you guys can get real tools to help yourselves and I am so excited so and I and I want to make like breath work for specific things like for grief for anxiety for sleep uh for mornings you know that kind of stuff for train changes and transitions in your life like all that sort of stuff I want to make like specific breath works for those things that I've been through and that will help you guys as well so anyways that's really big update for me just like some big changes that I'm making and shifting, but still kind of with my core values and my core messages, I've always, I've always um, preached and said on social media and on the podcast. So that's kind of a quick life update um, of what's going on, but I've just really been spending a lot of time outside, really focusing on gardening. Another thing that I got asked was what I've learned from gardening and harvesting my own food and all of that. So I'm by no means an expert, but My mom has been a gardener my whole life, so I've been outside like year round. She's always had me outside doing stuff and I've always been able to watch her, which I'm very grateful for because I just thought that was normal that like everybody was out gardening with their parents and outside a lot. But that's I guess that was my parents were 
we're great with in that regard. Um, some parents don't, and it's because they just don't know, right? They maybe weren't raised by somebody who gardened, or they didn't have the space for it, or they didn't have, you know, the the time, whatever it might have been. So, anyways, gardening has been second nature for me my whole life, and I've always had a garden. And so this year at our new house, we decided to tackle our 33 by 50 foot garden, which has been, uh, it's been a it's been a big job, that's for sure. So we. I'm learning a lot already, but I will do a whole episode just on the garden and kind of what we did and what I would do differently next year and and what I'm enjoying and what I'm not enjoying. So we did till the garden because it was pretty overgrown with weeds and grass like crazy. So we did till it to kind of get it going. And I know a lot of people have opinions about tilling the garden, but I probably won't till again because I do notice the soil is bad. Um, but we kind of had to do it to start it. And then once I got going, I was like, this is why people do raised garden beds because it's just so much easier. And our soil in our garden boxes that we have out back, we have three of them. It's amazing soil. I can't even begin to tell you guys, like I do add some manure to it every year, but, um, so last year we added manure before we planted and then this year we did as well, but our plants grew like, like even last year we planted some plants that were already grown when we moved here, like the first week of July, which is very late to plant. Um, and we had a crazy growth and crazy harvest. Like my uncle couldn't get over. It's because the soil in those garden boxes were amazing. And I also used grass clippings as mulch anyway. So that the garden boxes are amazing. And then the garden over here, it's okay. Like stuff's growing, but I can tell the soil is not very nice. I've been adding compost to it and adding manure and watering it really well and doing grass clippings as mulch, but it's definitely not as good. So one of the things I've learned is I want to start adding garden boxes. Obviously we're not going to do the whole thing right away, but I think this year I want to do at least one or two garden boxes by the fall and have them ready to go for next year. And so I can do a whole episode about that if you guys are interested, but I think the less we work up the soil and the more we add to the soil and it can just sit there. And I also left my plants in last year, some of them, so that the roots and all the stuff kind of decompose and it's all part of the ecosystem. So it was less disturbed. I find that really helped. Um, But yeah, so that's something that I've noticed with the gardening. But anyways, I've also learned that we have a lot of other food sources on our property already as well. So we, I found at the front of our property that we had raspberry bushes. Then I discovered that they're kind of running down the whole side of our property. So I don't even know how many feet that is, but it's it's massive, like crazy. Um, they're all growing underneath the trees and stuff. And then I realized they're actually blackberries, which is perfect because I just planted two raspberry bushes in our garden. So now we have raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, gooseberries, and grapes. I'm not sure how those ones are going to go because I've never done grapes before, but we'll see. So anyways, we're just basically trying to create food security because there is the prices of groceries are not going down anytime soon. And if you want organic, if you want local, if you want all that kind of stuff, it's going to be expensive and pricey because it's work. Like these people are working hard and the cost of everything's gone up. So the cost of feed, the cost of um, uh, diesel, (laughs) the cost of anything for these, these farms to function has gone up exponentially. So I understand and get it and talking to local farmers here um, and people that raise their own animals and livestock, it's like a real thing. Like there is a food shortage going on. A lot of people don't want to admit it or accept it or they're kind of scared of it. Instead of like acting in a panicky way, we can just sort of like start preparing. Like look at your property. If you're going to be in your property for five, 10 years, maybe longer, if that's kind of your, your goal, if you know your family can grow in that house for a while, 
look at what you can plant in your garden that's low maintenance that will keep coming back and that will provide for you. So like raspberries, blackberries, those are all really good ones and they do get huge. So be prepared for that. But we also have like asparagus growing in the garden um, and just like look at things that you can plant that will keep providing for your family and are nutritious and good and just it's just awesome anyways so today I was foraging I found the blackberries and I was feeding them to the chickens and they were eating them off the bushes and it was just so cute but yeah anyway so I've been spending a lot of time just like outside kind of really focused on their property like doing the landscaping doing the gardening getting ourselves set up getting like the rain barrel set up doing the coop all set up and trying to figure all that kind of stuff out because I just I feel so good to be able to like grow your own stuff and raise your own animals I can't even tell you guys like how cool it is and how amazing it feels like going and collecting eggs my mom and I were talking about this how it's like therapeutic like to like look at eggs and like hold them I don't know what it is but like the colors of them and like how they feel they're warm when you (laughs) when they uh, lay them like it's just so therapeutic to go out there and collect eggs like you just feel so good so um, I've just been doing a whole lot of like outdoorsy stuff and like just being outside really. And I'm really grateful I can do that. Um, but that's one way I think I've been healing and it's been really good for my grief and just to feel better and just feel connected to the earth and to the animals. So anyways, yeah, that's kind of that, but I, I can do a whole episode more about the garden, like what we're growing, like what I'm learning, what I recommend, stuff like that. This is kind of like a trial year for us. We've never grown things here besides those garden boxes last year so it's gonna be interesting we never had a garden this big so it's gonna be really interesting to see how things go but everything's growing really nicely despite the soil over there being kind of iffy and um we're trying new things like for the uh tomato trellises we're trying the florida weave method so um not using tomato cages which is pretty interesting i never did that before but because we never had that many tomato plants but it's pretty cool so i would i would love to share more on that if you guys are interested I also had a question about how do you find slash maintain peace and how to move past stagnancy? I think for me and what I've realized and actually was in our book club book last month, The Mountain Is You by Brianna uh, West or Weist. I don't know how to say her last name, but that book was really, really good. And one of the things she talked about was purpose and having a purpose. And for me, I think that's kind of what has gotten me through a lot of this really tough time without my dad and and going through that trauma I think having a purpose and having a vision and just having like what you want in your life it just it helps you so much because it helps you find the joy in things and you may not always be happy you might be sad I'm sad a lot of the times um things remind me of my dad or just I wish he was here with me but um having that purpose and kind of that goal and just like things that you can go do and do hands-on I find it brings you so much peace and joy just being able to do it I can't even tell you guys like the chickens have brought me so much joy and just being outside gardening and just knowing that I'm bringing like food security for my family for the future I think is just really awesome and another thing that I I read in another book um in our book club book uh the burnout book I feel like I said book a million times right there burnout the secret to ending the stress cycle i believe it's called by emily nagoski she talks about how whenever like bad things are going on so the the mass shootings you know um a lot of the bad stuff that's kind of been going on the whole abortion laws that happened which are just devastating for women and a step back for women's rights 
when that sort of stuff happens, I also didn't share about it on my Instagram because I just don't feel like perpetuating all this stuff is like helpful for a lot of people. And it can be very like traumatizing to go on in line and see that constantly. Um, but I feel like when these terrible things happen and we feel like the world is a really bad place, it's so important to like find the joy in the little things and also do something constructive. And yes, it's okay to like kind of sit there and, you know, feel bad and wallow in it and all that kind of stuff. But don't let yourself do it for that long because when you do and you obsess over it and you just can like focus on the negative and the hate, it's, it's what they want, right? It's like, they want us to feel defeated. They want us to feel upset. They want us to hate people. They want us to like, just keep this cycle of stress and negativity going. And so I think it's important to be angry and to feel those feelings, but also like do something constructive about it. Like for me, like fighting back all of this shit that goes on in the world, um, sorry, my dogs are barking. Um, I do that. Like how I fight back to all of this stuff is that I live a different life than what they've been wanting to like shove down our throats. I look for food security. I provide for my own family, like trying to do all of these things that kind of go against the mainstream of what you should or shouldn't do. And I try to educate women on their bodies and their fertile windows and ovulation and their periods and their hormones, like all that kind of stuff. Like for me, that's my constructive way of like, going against all of these shitty middle-aged men who think they can control our bodies. So yeah, that's how I find my peace. And that's how I, um, you know, avoid feeling stagnant and kind of like feeling down about all the hard stuff that's going on in the world. I think there's definitely days where I feel the overwhelming weight of all these terrible things happening, but then I also have to focus on the good because if I don't, I won't get anywhere in life and I will just go down a rabbit hole. And I know that's happened to me so many times before during COVID. So I don't let myself get to that point anymore. But I think having a purpose, number one, and a lot of people think your purpose has to be your job, but it doesn't have to be your job. Like right now, my purpose is like raising chickens and having a garden. And is that making me any money? No, it has been a lot of money to put up front and to get that going. But I think it's my purpose like that's a purpose, you know, like learning how to grow stuff for yourself and how to provide for your family and raise animals. Like that is a purpose. Um, your purpose could be, you know, volunteering at a women's shelter or, uh, taking care of children. You know what I mean? Like raising the next generation and being a good role model for them and providing them with the care and the attention they deserve. That is all different like kinds of purposes. And I think a lot of people tend to think our purpose needs to be like, oh, you know, I run this business or, you know, I have this law degree or I have this or blah, blah, blah. It doesn't have to be those. It can be those things, but it doesn't have to be. And for a lot of us, it's simply, you know, like taking care of a home, taking care of your children, raising that next generation. I think we kind of forget that those are the really important things and kind of starting in your own home. And that's another thing I want to talk about too is that, when a lot of these like really devastating hard things happen in the world and you feel like you can't do anything about it and it's like, okay, I can donate money, but like that's not getting to the root of the problem, unfortunately. Starting in your own home, like start looking at how do I treat the people in my home? How do I treat myself? How do I show up in my community? How do I help others? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where that comes back to. So I think nurturing your own family and taking care of your own people and just being there for them and yourself is the best thing that you can do in the best act of rebellion for all the shit that's been going down. Anyways, I, that was kind of off topic, but a little bit of a rant. So yeah, that's how I keep my peace. That's how I kind of keep my joy and my focus. And obviously there's going to be ups and downs. I mean, good days and bad days, but 
I find that that's really what keeps me going because I have this vision and I have something that I'm working on and every day I kind of get up and I work towards it little by little and it's really, really nice. So I hope that you guys can find your purpose and your passion and something that you love. Um, and that's just my little mini rant there about that. So I think I'm going to end that here because I think I rambled for long enough. This might not be something you guys want to listen to, but um, if you stayed this long, thanks so much. Um, and please leave a rating interview on iTunes or no, I think it's not iTunes, it's Apple podcast now and Spotify. If you uh, enjoyed the episode, if you enjoyed the, the podcast and if you have any questions or any requests or topics for me to touch on, please message me on Instagram or send me an email at hello at gabbybordering.com. I'll have all that linked down below if you want to uh, check it out. And then I, I do have a few really good topics coming up. So I've got um, fit tech gone wrong. That's kind of an interesting, I feel like it's a little controversial for some people because a lot of people are really attached to their Apple watches. So that one I'm really excited to talk about the few problems with the fit tech and how it's become obsessive. So that's one thing I really wanted to talk about. And then um, I also had a few other ones I was going to talk about. Uh, raising like your own food, the disconnect between like our food and where we where we grow stuff. Why I don't go to health food stores really anymore? Another kind of controversial one. And then I wanted to do one about fabrics and kind of making a healthy home like in simple ways. And I touched on this a little bit in the membership. I did a blog all about fabrics and our health and how different fabrics can contribute to some poor health outcomes and what fabrics are ideal for our health and for our skin and all that sort of stuff. So I have a few kind of interesting topics that I think you guys might enjoy. Thanks for listening and I will see you next week for a new episode.